Nevers alone. Got to get it rolling. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 204 of Smoke Night Live. I'm here in Dojo Studios, deep within the uh, deep within the uh, Dojo Magikurf submarine. Yeah, I haven't even said that in a long time, Hundred. It is a Herf submarine. It is all. a Herf submarine. It's Friday night. It's the uh, the the annual or actually weekly uh, thing that we do on the dojo, hanging out, smoking cigars, drinking drinks, doing the stuff we do. Me personally, Jordan. Me personally. Yes. I've got tonight. I've got <sighs> some Topo Chico going. You know what I'm doing, Jordan? Is I'm cutting way back on beer because I'm trying to lose. That'll c- do it. I'm trying to lose some pounds for Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. That uh, that's pretty much just. You, with keto, that's the one thing I learned after I stopped doing the keto. Just I kept the beer thing going. I'm good. The, if you if you cut out the beer, cut the, out the beer. Then once can, a week, you can lose. I just can't. I can't do the keto thing. I'd like to do the keto thing, but the keto thing for me, I don't want to have to think about it's what I'm eating. Well, you're you're apparently you are right. Well, no, you're, I'm just eating less. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just eating less. I don't know. Isn't seems, that seems like you're thinking about it? Well, yeah, I'm thinking about eating less. I'm not thinking about like sh- I I can't have this particular t- food group in my meal and that kind of right, stuff. Right, like no, the right. menu is the same. I'm just eating less of the menu. But a little more effort, a little more results, a little quicker, and you're done. Well, but then when you quit, what happens? You get fat again. Like I said, you just keep out, out the beer and you're good to go. You just cut out the beer. Yeah. A few years ago, I cut out, uh, about five years ago, I cut out all pop soda. Soda pop. And made a big difference. Like, I could, I literally Don't kept, eat it. I kept off 15 pounds just by not having soda. So maybe with, if I, you know, keep the beer out. Then the best thing about keto is you can still drink whiskey. That's what I'm doing Bourbon. right, that's what I'm doing right now. Just... Just so you know, I need. I'm keeping that in the diet because you have to have that. At di- you know, hey, whiskey. No matter what uh, diet you're on, though, you can still have cigars. It's true. Cigars are calorie free. Calorie free. As far as I as far as just, I know, just flavor, baby. They're calorie free. Hey, uh, Jordan, the Dojo Camp Camacho. There, lots of people have signed up. So we're going through that list of people that want to go to Honduras, hang out with us, smoke cigars. Uh, drink all the drink you can, eat all the food you can, have a great time for four days and three nights. Yes. And then what we're doing is we're slowly, like, uh, you know, figuring out, okay, this person's been a dojo member for a long time. We'll officially invite them. So, folks, if you want to go on the trip, make sure to go to CigarDojo.com. Scroll down to where you see the thing about Camp Camacho. There's a pre-registration form. Fill it out. And in March, you could go to Camp Camacho with us. And hang out. It is an absolute blast. It's the best time you'll have in your life. You'll remember it for the rest of your life. In fact, um, Dominic's here. He went, huh, Dominic? You had a, a, a blast? He said yes. He said yes. Dominic had a blast at Camp Camacho. It was a lot of fun. So we'd love for you guys to come along. And when we went, there was, you know, it was pretty, they hadn't uh, beefed it up yet. It was, and now it's it was a nice up. facility, but now there's cornhole and there's all kinds of whack-a-moles. And right. We had to make our to own do. fun, like playing hacky sack with an orange. <laughs> a bag of oranges. You know, which was fun and all of that sort of stuff. Um, hey, Jordan, tonight or on the show, 
we're going to be giving away a ton of swag. I've got swag. a I've got a literal box this big of swag from Southern Draw Cigars. So there's shirts in there, there's hats in there, there's an ashtray in there. There is um, all kinds of stuff. And so how do you enter that contest, you ask? Very good question. All you got to do is participate on the show tonight. Just be on Facebook, uh, uh, you know, make some smart comments. Uh, I mean, don't don't just riddle the, the comment thing with meaningless like comments. I'm smart. But, you know, you know, just participate. If you're just participating, you're automatically entered. I'm going to uh, pick three random winners uh, probably tomorrow uh, in the daytime when I go through the comments because it takes sort of a while. And um, there's going to be, I'm just going to say, there's going to be a ton of stuff. There's some cigars in there. You'll probably get some cigars. I, I don't know what you'll get, but I'm going to just take that whole huge box from Southern Draw and I'm going to just split it up to those three random winners and I'll mail it out to you. So all you got to do is have fun with us tonight. That's all you have to do, Jordan, is participate on this broadcast, on this podcast. Have, have fun. fun. We can tell if you're actually having I fun. Can, there's, a, there's a secret thing on here that I can see. Like, this guy's having fun. This guy's, this guy's not having fun. This guy's a turd. This, guy, this, <laughs> this lady, she's just here for the prizes. No, she's out. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just uh, participate in the show. If you have questions for Robert, uh, we're going to bring Robert Holt on from Southern Draws Cigars in a minute. But if you have questions for him... Post them on that timeline. Use hashtag AskDojo if you can. The only reason I ask you to do that is it does help us find those questions so that we can ask them. And Jordan and Matt and Dominic, if they see questions, they can say they can get my attention. Ask me the question. I'll ask Robert the question. It will be fun for all. Um, so let's get right into it right now, Jordan. Shallst we? Shallst. We've had Robert on the show a few times. So uh, Robert... Um, Robert Holt and his wife, Sharon, uh, started this company about five years ago. Actually, five years ago because it's their fifth anniversary. And the they, lustrum, if you will. They are two of the nicest folks you'll ever meet in the cigar industry. Uh, we've, had a, we've had Robert on the show a couple times, uh, but not enough. We haven't had him on the show enough because you can't get enough Robert Holt. So let's bring him on the show right now. Robert Holt, how the heck are you? And welcome to Smoke Night Live. I am doing just fine. And thanks for having me on this Friday night. <laughs> it's only been a few weeks since the trade show, but I've been looking forward to it, gentlemen. Yeah, that's exciting, Robert. We got to we got to come to your booth, the very first booth that we visited at the trade show. And you unveiled a new product for us, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But um, you were the very, very first booth that we hit, and you had a great setup this year. It seemed like things were uh, really rocking. Uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit. How did the trade show go for you? What was it like this year for Southern Draw Cigars? Well, number one, thanks for making us uh, first on that opening Saturday morning. I know there was a volley of activity going on, and we were – in the back of the trade show floor, but it, uh, uh, as an anniversary, as a celebratory time, I think, I thank you guys for sneaking into the booth and doing the live show because it kind of made it exciting and fun, not just for Sharon and I, but our entire family was in the booth, right? We had 13 family members of Southern Draw that were there for the week and they got to see you guys sneak in and, you know, kind of watch and see what was going on. So that was, that was, uh, an added element of surprise, if you will. Uh, the trade show for us, you know, I, I think we were better organized this year. 
Um, the family was well-versed in the products and the new releases and, uh, you know, the price points. And we're able to really sit down with retailers and media alike and share a cigar. And, uh, again, no clipboards, no price sheets, no order forms. Sit down and have a cigar. And that philosophy for the last five years has worked well for us. And, you know, when you got to go to the cabinet and unlock it and dig a uh, order form out, you know that you made the priorities right, which were the people in the booth that are there to have a cigar and a conversation. That's how we started. Uh, that works for us. Um, I heard the mumbling and grumbling. The numbers were down, and I'm sure those numbers are quite accurate um, uh, between retailers and media. But I can tell you we had more media visits to the booth uh, in 2019 than we've ever had. So thank you for that. And I can tell you we had more retailers, not just current customers, but absolutely new accounts seeking to get more information about Southern Draw, have a cigar with the family, to see if all the lies they've heard were true, you know, to come visit with us. Uh, so all in all, I'd say it was extremely productive. Um, I was able to step back quite a bit of the time uh, and watch the family go to work, whether Ethan, Jacob, my son, you know, the Hogan's and Kyle and Michelle and Phil. I mean, everybody was able to engage in a conversation uh, with a retailer, with the media, and really uh, share the Southern Draw story. So that, to me, was the most uh, telling side of this, which is it's not the Robert and Sharon show. We've got more people in the family that really know the brand and the product and the mission that are now going to be able to go out and share that. So uh, I'm hoping that over the next couple of years, that really pays dividends for the family. Um uh, Number-wise, I think our orders were there. Um, we had a lot of new releases, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, what better to do than go to the annual trade show uh, where everybody is present to share in uh, all the line extensions, the celebration of our five-year anniversary. So all in all, I would say, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert, I give it two thumbs up. We enjoyed it. <laughs> we thought it was productive. And we hope uh, the time that we spent with people were deemed as quality and a good, good, uh, good use of time. Hey, hey, Robert, so five, five years in the cigar business is not very long. It's a short time in the grand scheme of things. Uh, talk about contrasting, you know, your first year uh, with now your fifth year uh, and being at the show and the attention that you're getting. What's it like, you know, like thinking back five years and then comparing it to now? You know, I, I think, first of all, we, we've discussed it in the past. It, I mean, five years really in putting our cigars on the retail shelves and, and working from the ground up. But there are obviously many years before that into the planning of the brand and the production and the blends and those things. So we don't give ourselves credit, even though those years were very important for learning uh, the little bit that we know. But I think the stark contrast is when nobody knows you, um, you're really able to step back and listen and learn. And when you're listening, you are learning. Uh, and as, the, you know, year two, year three, year four, year five, you get more exposure, you get more opportunity to talk. And what happens when we talk? We don't listen as much, right? So um, we've, we had a trial by fire, but we've been real blessed. You know, um, we've stuck to our roots, stuck to our message. And, uh, you know, the five years, you know, sometimes we get recognition we probably don't deserve. But, you know, we're always going to be the first one to say thank you for, uh, you know, all the brands that came before us, all the media that came before us, all the retailers that came before us, because I'll tell you, I talk about them a lot, but they they taught us a lot, not not mentor relationships, maybe, but very valuable direct and indirect uh, uh, um, um, support of Southern Draw. So that five years has really been great to say, as more and more retailers and more and more brands and more and more media and customers come forward and start embracing the brand, it makes you feel good. 
makes you feel good that you're earning their trust and uh, we'll never be, you know, at a level of some of these brands, but that's not our, our goal anyway. It's just to be, do the best we can with what we have and, you know, you know, accomplish the mission. So five years has just been a great learning experience. And of course, we're, hopefully we're going to continue to learn and grow and, you know, be as blessed in the future next five years as we have in the past five. So uh, when I interviewed you at the booth, I brought this up, but I'm going to bring it up again in case people didn't see that interview, because I think it's a super interesting point. Um, in 2016, you made a choice to not go to the show. And I remember, you know, you put out a press release, you know, Southern Draw not going to show. We're going we're gonna to focus on, uh, you know, preparing new product, kind of uh, uh, sort of like preparing. It was right in the middle of the whole FDA fog. Like nobody knew what was going on at the time. And so you made this sort of conscious decision not to go to the show. And I remember there was a lot of people that were, uh, and maybe myself included, I don't even remember what I thought at the time now, but um, people that were like, wow, that's, I don't know, is that a good idea? That seems very, very risky. But then the next year you came came back with, and you really, really had a great show. So maybe talk about what it was that, that, for, that sort of like guided your decision to not go in 2016 and kind of refocus yourself for the coming years. Well, I think... Um when the deeming regs came down in May of 2016, um, the industry seemed very caught by surprise that it was going into effect, although it had existed for years. We knew that that was a possibility. We didn't know the effective date. And even as an outsider coming into this industry in 2014, um, it really goes back to our first customer, first large customer, which was the Army Air Force Exchange. And their requirement for, for uh, having... GS1 UPCs and having cello and having the dimensions of every cigar and box and weight and origin of tobacco was such an in-depth uh, uh, process for us, but we wanted so desperately to make sure our cigars were available within our military community and contractors and family that it was the exact information that the deeming regs required. Mm. When we started filling out all of our blend information and origin and, you know, I know we got cautioned in that 2016 year don't give too much don't volunteer too much and you know honestly i've never really discussed this publicly but because our our family team and our accounting team has worked together for about 20 years we kind of work uh, we want to provide all the information possible but you know some good advice we had was robert fill out this giant spreadsheet with everything you think that the fda is ever going to ask you make sure that all of that is into this master this master spreadsheet but all we did when we started doing the warning label filings and the blend information, all these things, we locked all those fields of dimensions and weights and origin and all these things. So that 2016 was not a reaction by not going to the show. It was a response. And our response was, as a family, we have work to do. And if we don't accomplish the work and really swallow your pride and not go to the trade show, knowing what was going to be said about us or the perception that something was in, we were in trouble, we thought the reality after 2016 would probably be far worse. What if we were only stuck with three blends or four blends of cigars, and that's all we had to hang our hat on? We wouldn't be having this discussion today. So uh, it was just a response. Our response was, let's try to dot every I, cross every T, and know that everything that we've thought about over these last five or six years as far as blends and sizes and packages, um, that we have that prepared, at least it's in a defensible position if we want to be fully compliant. We all know that we don't know the final outcome of the deeming regs and how it's going to be enforced. But in our mind, 
we didn't flip a coin at all. We, we basically said we're going to do the best we can going into 2017. Now, before, before I you know, complete my comment, we also have to acknowledge that the industry could have turned on us. Our retailers could have panicked. The media could have panicked. Our partners could have panicked uh, and said, wow, these guys didn't go. They didn't show. I don't know if it's worth putting their product on our shelves. And I got to tell you, uh, we were proud of our retailers and our brokers and the media for not abandoning us because it would have been easy when the panic started to run out the back of the auditorium. Absolutely. Right. So I, I, I almost, there's, there's a lot of things I don't like in life. And one of the things I don't like in life is endlessly talking about the IPCPR. <laughs> um, Welcome to my life. So uh, I want to wrap that up just real quick, but I got to get your opinion. Um, and then we're going to get into the cigars because I've got to, I've got to fire up one of these cigars and we're, we're going to talk about it in a second. I'm dying to smoke this cigar right now. I'm going to smoke it on the air and uh, tell everybody what it's like. But, uh, so the show is changing, and it's changing its name. It won't be the IPCPR anymore. It'll be the PCA, Premium Cigar Association, and they'll be adding some sort of consumer uh, component, which is called CigarCon. Um, there's all sorts of people talking about stuff. I mean, let's face it, it, the last two days of the show, whether you were doing good or not, Robert, the last two days of this show was absolutely dead. I mean, there was more media people in, in the convention hall than there were you know, attendees, it seemed like to me. But what what are your sort of your just general thoughts on um, the, you know, the changes that are happening? What do you think? How do you think that will affect Southern Draw Cigars? Do you think they're going in the right direction, wrong direction? What's your thoughts? Well, I'm not going to issue a, a final response into right or wrong, but I can give you my initial pros and cons of, of what I read and what's been laid out to us. You know, number one, uh, PCA has to understand that whether we're a small brand or the largest brand on the floor, um, planning our booth and our setup, the logistics of that takes a lot. And what you want, what you absolutely want is you want to put your best foot forward. You want your booth to be spotless. You want your display boxes to be uh, as clearly visible and clean. You want your carpet clean, your tables clean, and all that. So if, if CigarCon is day one, you've just eliminated all the planning and prep that we have to meet with our retailers and meet with the media that we want to be at our Sunday best. Right. So that I could see as a real con, uh, number two, hey, wait, wait, Robert, uh, before, wait, but before you go to number two, before you go to number two, I want to just comment on what you just said, because when you say that cigar con is on day one, right. Um, if that's, and, if that's, if, if that's the plan, it actually isn't on day one. If you think about it, it's sort of like for you, at least, it's on day maybe three because you've been there one or two days like preparing uh, your booth. Absolutely. But I, but I think my preparation is for not if that's going to be the first uh, audience that I have. Right. Now, but they expand. Something that Southern Draw has done every year and we plan to continue to do is we want to reward the media and the retail partners that come to the trade show invest the time and effort to support the association. And how do we do that? The only way we can. We use that to unveil new products, unveil new packaging, unveil new projects, right? Collaborations. Now, if CigarCon is, in fact, before the retailers and the media comes to our booth, you've just eliminated our opportunity and the element of surprise and the element of a first look for the media and the retailers. To me, I have an issue with that. Or I can hide all those things. And it'll get to my, my my pros in a minute. So I find that as a logistical challenge. Sure. Uh, 
And then the most important to me is it depends on how the sample format works. They buy a ticket, they get X, Y, Z. I'll tell you what, I don't want you taking anything out of my displays or my, my display boxes or display samples. They're very well organized. Now, those are all pros if it happens before the actual sale days of the show, right? Um, and the fact that combining four days, three and a half days into really three days, uh, I know other people were slow. We weren't slow. And I, I use that last day effectively. We use every minute afforded us. I don't want to pay the same amount of money to have less time to sell. I don't care if it's 10 minutes or two hours. I don't want less. I would prefer more because we like stragglers. We like being there and not packed up and knowing that there could be one more new account that we really want to spend time with coming by. So I don't want to lose any time. Now, that being said, let's talk about um, if we had CigarCon after the retail show. Now, the element of surprise is safe for the media and the retailers. We've got through all the preparation logistics. And what happens at the end of the show, we have a lot of samples. We have a lot of broken boxes. We have a lot of broken bundles. We have a lot of things sitting on the table that are perfectly fine for a consumer to try for the first time. Uh, otherwise, we pack those up and use them for samples for ourselves. They don't go to resale. They've been sitting in Vegas for a week to 10 days. Now, that being said, uh, the pro there is if your best customers, if your board of trustees for every one of your major retailers are those customers, um, and you really rely as a buyer or as an owner or as a manager of a retail shop, uh, if you really value their input, it could be a great opportunity at the end to share the new products, to share the new releases, and to put them in their hands because then you're going to know who's going to support it in your shop even before you bring them in. And that could be a pro or a con for other brands. But for us, we like the fact that our, a lot of our customers are listened to by the retailers. They do listen and they know historically what they support. So I see that as a, as a pro. The second thing is we love spending time with consumers and we like to make them feel special. And if we can facilitate that, Eric, God bless us, let's do it, right? Let's do it. But let's not do it to that will cost time and attention away from our time with the media and the time with our retail partners and the retail partners to be. Don't do it. We already don't have enough time to, um, to, uh, uh, to spend time with other brands. We already don't have time during that week to spend time networking and meeting with potential new vendors or new partners or new box companies or label companies, things that we need. We already don't have time. We're already in the booth as much time as allotted us during the week. So, you know, I would say if I, if I just put out what I just said, there's about eight cons that I see the way this is laid out as I understand it today, and there's only about two pros. So mathematically, I, I would say there's some challenges with what I've read and how I understand it to be. Right. All right, folks, uh, we are uh, Smoke Night Live, episode 204. I'm here with my trusty producer, Jordan, and our studio audience, Matt Hello. Dominic, hanging out, smoking, drinking, having a good time. You know what we're smoking tonight? We're smoking Southern Draw Cigars because Robert Holt is joining us as our guest. And I, I need a cigar, something fierce. So I'm going to open this unopened uh, bundle right here, folks. Look at this bad boy. It's got the camel paper. Now, Robert, uh, Robert Holt is our guest from Southern Draw Cigars. Robert, as I'm opening this and lighting my cigar, I'd like you to talk about this project. Tell folks what it's all about. It's got a really, really interesting blend to it, an interesting wrapper. Not the wrapper on the bundle, which is also interesting, but uh, the wrapper on the cigar. So, Robert, talk about the uh, Kudzu Lustrum as I do this. Well, we'll start with the blend. Um 
when Southern Draw started, the Kudzu, the original Oscuro box press, was the first release of Southern Draw. And we, we made a decision two or three years ago that said if we make it to an anniversary, we obviously want to do something special with that original Kudzu blend that uh, we started this business with, this brand with. Um, now, for those last four or five years, we have truly had our eye on this very specific uh, wrapper. And this is uh, Nicaraguan Grown Habano, Media Tiempo. And I'll get into the whether people would understand it or don't understand it, or maybe I'm wrong, but we'll get into the Media Tiempo in a minute. Ooh, it's gorgeous looking. It, it's a it's it's a bellicoso fino, um, which may not be the most popular size, but I tell you, when you're celebrating something, we wanted to move away from the traditional Robusto Toro Gordo Lancero that we put out before. So this beautiful box press bellicoso um, is there. The binder is still Nicaraguan Omatepe. Uh, and then, of course, um, we've maintained the filler, which is 100% Nicaraguan as well. So it is Corojo 99, Criollo 98, and uh, a little special uh, Nicaraguan Maduro Lajero that's in there as well. So what we should find here is a nice medium to full body, almost a full flavor. It really does build. And um, um, this was a obviously limited production for the trade show. We, re we released to date, 25,000 of the Bellicosos. And as you noted, uh, Eric, we, we released it in that 10-count bundle or mazo, and we'll talk about the packaging in a minute. But we really did that to help us keep the price point down, to share a high quality. It's the best Habano we can make. It's a Nicaraguan puro that we spent a lot of time and effort, and it's probably tobacco that a little brand like ours shouldn't have had access to, but we were blessed to get it. And it's something special for it. So we're, you know, we're anxious to share it tonight. And uh, obviously, we've started shipping it now, so our retail partners are getting these in hand as well. All right, so there's two tobaccos in there that you mentioned that um, some people may not be as familiar with. They probably heard the words they I I over time. But um, maybe you can tell what these two tobaccos are going to bring to the party, so to speak. So um, the well, let's start with the wrapper. Yeah, yeah, start with the wrapper. So that wrapper is a Nicaraguan Habano. We say media tiempo as classification. So for the audience, there's really two ways for me to explain media tempo. A, if you go back to historic Cuban agronomists, uh, uh, most people know that the lajero grows on the very top of the plant. It's the last to be primed. It's the hardiest. It's the thickest. It has the power that uh, we use in a lot of uh, cigars. It's a, it's a thicker leaf. Now, some, some uh, minds will say that media tempo is usually a couple of leaves out of one out of every 10, every 15 plants that will sprout above the Lajero. It usually sprouts a couple of smaller leaves, similar characteristics to Lajero, much thicker, much darker, much richer. Uh, whereas other uh, agronomists and people that process tobacco would argue that media tiempo is purely something that you separate during classification from the Lajero and it is identified uh, by smaller leaves and thicker leaves and traditionally darker leaves. Now, what does that mean? It means that you're going to have a lot more character than just the traditional Habano wrapper. It is going to be thicker. It's going to be oilier. Uh, but what it also does, it puts off a much stronger aroma because of those oils. So this Media Tiempo has quite a bit of additional fermentation. So in this case, it's four fermentation uh, stages. So you're building the Pilones. You're keeping this media tempo in the middle of the pilones 
through all the rotations. So it is really stuck in the middle. It gets the maximum fermentation. And I think uh, with that, you're still going to get a little touch of that chocolatey sweetness along with that power and that oil and that aroma. So that's a little bit just about media tiempo, not to bore too many folks. I'd be glad to answer more questions. It's a much longer growth cycle, much longer fermentation. As such, it's a richer smoke. Now, the other tobacco you're probably referencing is the Ometepe. Right. And a few people that know Nicaraguan, that love Nicaraguan, um, and, and if you love Placencia tobacco, you'll know about Ometepe. Ometepe is a volcano, a little island in the middle of Lake Nicaragua. We talk about volcanic soil being rich and growing all these wonderful tobaccos, but Ometepe is more than just volcanic soil. It's an actual active volcano. And what we found with that tobacco that we've used, the same binder for now, this, this is year six, is if you are a bourbon drinker, if you truly have a nose and you like to put it in that bottle and in that glass, if you like that oaky, char, bourbon barrel, rich, syrupy aroma and flavor and viscosity on your palate, you're going to love Ometepe because it really is going to pair well uh, if you reach for a solid, good, solid aged bourbon. This is the way, Robert, what you're doing right now is the way cigars should be described because uh, when, you, when, you, when you go through and describe that, that is exactly, exactly what I'm getting you know, right off the top of this thing. For one, by the way, this has a very pungent aroma. I'm, before I lit it, it had a very pungent aroma. And um, uh, like you said, it has a thick syrupy smoke, which I like. Um, it has a nice uh, sort of a uh, thick, you know, it sort of sticks. I don't know, it sticks to your palate. Is that uh, a thing? But it sticks to my palate. Has a nice okay. long finish. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think those oils really coat the palate well, and it becomes a very long finish. Where a lot of our our blends are really once you draw and once you excel, it's a very clean palate. What we call a short finish. But on this particular cigar, with those oils and that fermentation, it really sits and lingers. And to me. There's nothing bitter. It does have an earthy, uh, very rich, earthy uh, 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 aroma, at, you know, and even on the dry, on the dry draw for sure, in my opinion. Uh, but for me, that that uh, that oaky bourbon barrel chocolatey profile that's almost like, uh, you know, just like a little chocolate syrup with a little spice kind of sitting on the back of the palate. To me, it's amazing. And of course, then you get the beauty of the Nicaraguan Corojo Criollo filler with a little bit of uh, uh, Nicaraguan Lajero, Maduro Lajero. So it does have a nice little pepper, nice little light pepper uh, that's been in, that's been incorporated in there. And I think it's a cigar you'll see uh, build each third. It'll build to a little fuller body. So when you finish, when you reach that secondary band, Eric and Jordan and the staff there, I think you're going to find that it's a much fuller body. It has a much more chewy smoke to it, and it should be a great uh, a great finish, kind of like over-toasting your marshmallow at the campfire. A lot of you guys in Colorado do that. You overcook it sometimes, but it's going to have that toasty, mellow kind of richness to it, you know, at the end. It should. It does for my palate. So, uh, Robert, uh, we got an audience question. Bill Carney wants to know, um, would you, comparing this to Jacob's Ladder, say this has uh, equal, uh, more strength than the Jacob's Ladder? How would it compare strength-wise? Well, I would say uh, the original Jacob's Ladder um, obviously to me has uh, quite a bit more body with the uh, with the broadleaf. And it's, uh, again, a very aggressively fermented broadleaf. Um, but when on the finish, on the actual flavor profile, the density of the smoke, it's on par, I think, with the original Jacob's Ladder. And you'll see that thing is going to build for you. Now, 
when he asked that question, when we talk about the new release, Jacob's Ladder, with the triple arrow, it's a whole new ball game by itself. But this will finish. This should finish that medium to full bodied uh, and full flavored cigar. That last third kind of starts out a little bit lighter, but uh, I think it's going to finish on the on par with the Jacob's Ladder. The difference is the Jacob's Ladder has a lot more nicotine, but that Jacob's Ladder has that molasses. Uh, you know, taste from that Pennsylvania broadleaf that really disguises a lot of that power till the very end when you go horizontal and you lay on your couch. You know, so so Robert, to to the, these cigars are not ridiculously expensive, but it's got rare and refined tobacco in it, and part of the reason that it's not expensive is you were able to you just basically said, hey, we're gonna put the we're gonna put the money into the cigar and not so much the packaging. Not that the packaging is bad; it's fine. But it's uh, you know it's just a paper uh, a bundle with a sticker on it with some cool art. Do you want to talk about the uh, packaging on this product? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and back to the 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 lack of a box. You know, last year we launched the Cedrus Bellicoso, and we created it and and designed our own ten count box. It's been very popular for us. Uh, but what is getting scarce in Nicaragua? And production of those boxes could have possibly held up an anniversary release at a trade show. So to us, it was a very simple decision to go with what we call a dress mazo. Now, the art would have been exactly the same uh, on the box as it is on that. And I went with the old classic woodland camo because it takes me back to my father's time during the Army. But uh, while you're smoking, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to put it close to the camera. This artwork really is a uh, is the only time you'll see me reference uh, my military background, if you will. So it's our version, our interpretation of a southern weather vane. Uh, on the bottom, you'll see uh, an eagle, and that is a a um, rendition of my 101st Airborne Division coin for my time with 101st Airborne Division. Above that, you'll see what is the U.S. Signal Corps uh, uh, coin for Fort Gordon, Georgia. To the left and right, those are blooming kudzu vines, kudzu flowers, and really kudzu, back to the origin of the name, it started in the south. It's now available in almost all 50 states. It's the weed that invaded the south, much like southern draw started in the south. There's some logic. And that rooster on the top, if you think about the origin of weather veins, if you don't know about it, the rooster is really an indication of beginning new each day. So usually we say in the South when, when the cock crows, right? So when that rooster crows, it's a new day. It's a, it's a new dawn, if you will. So it's just really uh, uh, our artist rendition of kind of putting some symbolism in there. And most importantly, we see right there that S pointing down. We always say, you know, people in the South, we love our faith. We love our family. We love our fellowship. And at the end of the day, that uh, really comes together in that art, and we just kind of wanted to share it. But that'll be the kudzu art from now on. That'll be uh, when you see that in a store, or in a retail store, you're going to know that uh, they sell the kudzu brand and kudzu blend there because that's the art for kudzu. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick commercial break. and When we get back, we're going to talk about the uh, other uh, releases that Robert had at the show. And then, Jordan, yes, we're going to do our weekly top five, which will be this is we're gonna we're gonna take. Do you think we'll leave the background music on throughout yes. the rest of oh, the show? Oh yeah, yeah. I hope so because I know that Jeff Todd loves <laughs> the background music. But we're going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the top five top five news stories that are in the news right now, and we're gonna get Robert's take on these top five stories. Oh. Just just I don't know. He doesn't even know what we're gonna say. He has no idea. It's sort of like blindsided that we did with Coop, but it's a little different. We're gonna we're gonna get his take. 
on some of these things. So we'll be back in uh, one minute. Don't go away because you want to see the last half of the show. Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here. All right, Jordan, we're back. This is episode 204, Smoke Night Live. That's a lot of episodes. Get your headphones I on. I got to put them on. We are uh, joined by Robert Holt of Southern Draw Cigars. We're talking about Southern Draw. We're talking about the uh, new Lustrum. This thing is so dang good. This is a good cigar. Jordan, t- syrupy. Give us your thoughts. Toasty, a little bit of floral, uh, maybe some toffee sweetness in the background. Jordan, you're sort of out of focus. What? You're sort of out of focus. Like in, in life? Yeah. In general? <laughs> no, I mean, oh, because you don't have your light. You don't have any lights going. That's why. Oh, am I on video this time? But yeah, you're on video this time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of that, you know what? Earlier, earlier, Robert, I um, I opened the kudzu uh, bundle with this knife. And since you're a military guy, I have to ask you this question because this is an ongoing, this is uh, an ongoing argument in the dojo studios. Do you, if you were in a fight with this knife, Robert, here, let me get you on the screen. Robert, if you were in a fight with this knife, would you would you hold it like this or would you hold it like overhand like this? I would hold it uh, option two myself. Like this? Oh, baby. Because then you can punch them, right? Then you can punch them. But you're not doing it quite right. I think you have it kind of sideways like this. You punch them and then you... And then you... Like this, like this, and like well, this. Well, tur- first of all, I'd turn the blade over. You like this? Upside down? I, I like that better. Yeah, I really? Slash. I can slash now. Oh and I'm left-handed, gosh. so you This you, is this is punch? amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't go like this. You go like you go like this don't, and then don't you think back. Defensive. defensive. So it's just all defensive. You just like, uh, uh, Oh, I got to turn it upside down. I do it that way. That looks like a Wiley Coyote cartoon. All right. <laughs> All right. So now we now we know the answer to that question because there's if anybody knew it would be wrong. Of course, Rob- I live in Texas. I would never take a knife to a gunfight. But hey. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if we had a gun, we'd just shoot him. Like Indiana, what was it Indiana Jones? He just. Boom. Well, if you're within like, yeah. uh, like ten feet range, the knife is quicker. The ni- Yeah, I mean, like a guy, you, you you might need a knife in like short in short battle, right? Like, uh, anyways, hey. So besides the Kudzu uh, Lustrum, Robert, you had some other uh, releases. The uh, you had this the the Desert Rose. This is the version of the Rose of Sharon. Talk about that real quick. Well, you know it's exciting because my wife's listening and she's the Rose of Sharon. But uh, you know, again, as an anniversary, we're kind of providing extensions this year versus new releases. 
the desert rose um, differs from the original Rose of Sharon on two fronts. First of all, the wrapper is uh, is an Ecuadorian cloud-grown claro. It's a little heavier, a little hardier, a little thicker leaf than the Ecuadorian Connecticut used on the Rose of Sharon. And second of all, uh, the Piloto Cubano Lajero, which is 25% of the filler of the Rose of Sharon, uh, got a little brother, and it's a Corojo 99 Lajero. So the Desert Rose has a much heavier, uh, uh, much hardier wrapper, but it also has 25% more Lajero. And it's got, uh, it's, we've moved it to more of a medium body, medium flavor cigar, a lot denser smoke. And I think, you know, it's a full production cigar. So the 10 count Mazo was really to celebrate this year. Uh, but moving into 2020, 20 count boxes and bundles on that all day, it's going to be a hot one. I, I can tell you because everybody likes my wife. They don't necessarily <laughs> like what I do, but they like what she stands for. So look out for the Desert Rose, because I'll tell you, it's going to become a favorite of a lot of people. Robert, You're going to be surprised, I think, when you smoke it. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, husband and wife teams in the cigar business. I can't for good I can't think of for good I can't think of very many. Hey, uh, listen, he was in the other room. Talk uh, talk about that. What's it like working with your wife in the cigar business? You know, we've been together now 23, going on 24 years. And we had uh, some very lucrative financial years that we hated each other. We've had some very tough financial years that we loved each other. And I said to her, you know, not long ago, I said, you know, uh, you're, she's an absolute blessing. Anybody that's met her knows it. But she said to me something that I thought was extremely wise. And she said, she goes, for the first 17 years, you didn't know me. She goes, wow. you didn't know me until we started working together. You didn't know me until you relied on me to be a business partner. And I thought about it for a week or two after that, and I went, extremely wise words, you know, that we really got to know each other. Um, we're the only people that can vent to one another because we can't take it out on anybody else. It's our fault. Um, but we know that the other one's going to stay up all night if they have to to get done what needs to get done. Uh, tough days, we, we, we deal with them together. Good days, we celebrate them together. But I tell you what, now she's listening, so I'm not going to be, a, I'm not gonna be a, a, such a wimp with my <laughs> response. But uh, it's been an absolute joy. And, uh, uh, you know, we just hope we're going to be able to do it for, you know, the next, the next decade or so. Because uh, five years of learning has been great, but now, uh, now uh, we're kind of refining what we do and how we do it and how we rely on one another. So I'm excited to... Uh, to, uh, and I would say anybody that says I couldn't work with my spouse, well, you don't know until you try. You don't know until you give it a shot. You think you know because I'm a I'm a pain in the butt. It's it's easy to, to figure that out about me. But you know what? Uh, she brings out the best in what we do and how we do it. And uh, uh, grace is something amazing. So you know, because she's listening to me, I'm not saying all the things I want to say. But <laughs> But it's been a true blessing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Hey, before we get to our weekly top five, because we want to get to know you other than the cigar industry, kind of get some some feedback on your thoughts on things, just uh, weird, general, off-the-wall things. That gives us an insight into your personality. But before we do, what other, uh, what other products and things do you want to tell folks about while we have them on the line here? Well, you know, we talked about two of the line extensions. Again, wonderful anniversary. Unfortunately, you guys have moved on to another booth, but uh, day two this year, we brought this beauty to the stage. Boom, boom, boom. That is the Jacob's Ladder Brimstone. And I tell you what was beautiful about it, much on the line with uh, Sharon being there, is our son, Ethan Jacob, the namesake of the Jacob's Ladder, 
Uh, first year, he was old enough to come to Las Vegas and join us in the booth, and he was there for the, the release of this show. This is a line extension like no other line extension. This is a double broadleaf, triple Lajero. Mm. And, you know, I asked Ethan in front of the media that day, I said, you know, do you have any advice? And remember, we launched this cigar at 10 o'clock a.m. on Sunday. And he says, eat breakfast. And I thought, all right, that's that's to the point. But as he said, the Jacobs Ladder has done very well for us. Uh, but there's people that have asked for more of that Dominican-type power. They wanted full body, full flavor, plus, plus. Well, I tell you what, with the broadleaf wrapper, broadleaf binder, and three different Lajeros, this one's going to build on you. It's going to creep up on you. Uh, it's a 6x56 Perfecto. It's a full production cigar. And it was said best by one of your media cohorts yesterday. He smoked it, and he did a little YouTube video, and I got a kick out of it. Um, he started by saying it started out lighter than he anticipated. Halfway through, he's sweating. Uh, toward the final third, he says, I feel like I have the meat sweats. But <laughs> Steve Baca and, and, and Skip Martin would be so proud of you right now, but you wasted that on me because they would have loved to hear it. But could you imagine? Hashtag meat sweats. So I'm going to tell you, <laughs> as, you don't go back to work after you smoke that one. But it's a great addition. It's a fuller-bodied version of the Jacob's Ladder. Um, Obviously, we were able to add to the 300 Hands line. We'll talk quickly. That's the 300 Hands Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Comes in all five sizes. Again, 599 to 649. It's the charitable cigar. You guys uh, uh, gave us some good feedback last year on the 300 Hands project. Uh, that's cigar of the year. The Peruvian binder. You've got some. I hope you smoke them in the in the weeks and months to come. I think it's going to surprise everyone how different, unique as a Connecticut that particular cigar is. The price point is just unconscious uh, for us, but uh, that Connecticut USA is—it's a very bright cigar. It's got a lot of flavor, a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful spices and tones from that Peruvian binder. But it's going to be a, a great addition of 300 hands. Help us uh, support some more charities. And uh, the most—the other thing we did at the at, 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 in July was we extended that Cedrus into a core line. So now we have Rose of Sharon, Firethorn Kudzu, Jacob's Ladder. And Cedrus, we just launched the Robusto, the Toro, and the Gordo uh, in 20-count box and bundles. So I tell you what, I'm as excited about that as anything, because that blend in that Toro that I've been smoking has just been off the wall, that bazooki. So I think it's, uh, I hate to say it now a year later, but I think it just smokes even better than it does in the Bellicosa. The Bellicosa, with that limited air, it, depending on how you cut it, is, is a challenge if you don't smoke a lot of them. But that, that Toro, Robusto, Gordo, I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, and also you changed your boxes, and I'm gonna let's do an. I'm gonna. This is unplanned. I didn't plan to do this, what? but um, we're going to. Uh, oh, I'm gonna do an unboxing video. I've never done an unboxing video, guys. But uh, so this is the Southern Draw, and uh, this is. You're just looking for more excuses to use that knife. The J yeah, I'm looking for more excuses to use That's the knife. This is the Jacob's Ladder. So the boxes are different, Robert. You can talk about these while I'm opening this on the air. Hopefully I won't cut my finger off. Go, well, ahead, go ahead and talk of, about what you did here. For the last five years, we've had the split-top box, still the cabinet-style vertical presentation. Okay. We had a five-year plan to come up with a more green or more earth-friendly box, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Two, the most important was maintain the cabinet-style vertical presentation but really, our, our influence here was, we call that the Southern Draw Shoebox. We wanted to have a product that wasn't so much about our brand, that was about practical use after the fact. 
So as you'll note, it's got a very much a shoebox design. Um, we've integrated a small shelf talker. Shelf talker, right there. And it is now made of 100% recycled hardwood versus uh, raw Nicaraguan cedar or mahogany, which is becoming very difficult. Mm. A, a small integrated shelf talker. That is, in fact, the brimstone. So, you know, all of our boxes, all the core sizes from now on will come in the shoebox design. And really, in the end, folks, um, we want to make sure that uh, we're killing less trees. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, we and you and, and the consumers and retailers don't have a pile of useless boxes. I bet, I bet you don't have a single audience member that doesn't have a shoebox in their house full of something. So we think that the Southern Draw shoebox will be something that they use for years to come. See, Robert, I, I actually want my carbon footprint to be like Bigfoot. I want the biggest friggin' carbon footprint in the world. Mm. That's what I'm shooting for. No, I'm just kidding. This Edgy. is a, this is a gorgeous box. Uh, so this is the brimstone. I wasn't sure of that when I opened this. Beautiful, and a, I imagine for a retailer, you know, this fits very nicely on their shelf without uh, taking up too much space. Boom, boom. The 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 box fits into the top, just like that, and then shelf talker pops down just like that. Super cool. Good job. Very Wait nice. We'll never win any packaging design word, awards or art, but that's not the goal. Our, our goal is to make the best cigars we can with what we have and sell it at the fairest price as possible. And at the end, we hope that those boxes get used for something other than our cigars. All right, so, Jordan. Uh, there's another ahead. audience question, Robert. Uh, Brian Burnett wants to know, do you have any collaborations in the works? And uh, have you ever considered uh, if you would ever consider working with somebody outside of the AJ factory? Um, let's answer first question first. Um, I have to assume that everything we do is a collaboration just because, uh, uh, we have to give credit to everybody in the process and maybe not collaboration out of a sense of another blender. Uh, but quite honestly, and Brian's a good cat and he supports us well. I don't know anybody of, of that has a respectable brand that's a respected blender that would want to do a collaboration with me. They've got their own, you know, their own uh, uh, rose to hoe, if you will. But I tell you what, if and when that ever comes up, I've got my eye on four or five of them. A few of them, I've let them know that I would love not to belittle them and not to say that I'm equal to them, but I would love, I, you know, I'd throw a challenge out there. I would love to do a, 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 a Broadleaf collaboration series with Nick Malilo, Steve Saka, and uh, Skip Martin. I tell you what, I would absolutely love to come up with a line where we really work on a special Connecticut, Pennsylvania broadleaf uh, with, uh, the, uh, with, with a, a certain bourbon in mind and a certain barbecue in mind. You know what I mean? I really would like to work something with people that I've seen escalate these particular tobaccos over the last five to ten years. That would be oh, phenomenal yeah. in my mind. It was brought up to me the other day that, uh, that uh, uh, one of the godfathers became available in the last week, and I said, I'm the last guy he's ever going to call, but I would be absolutely honored to do a collaboration with him. Um, now, back to the AJ question. You know, it's pretty simple for us. Uh, dance with the one that brung you. Uh, the AJ Fernandez Company has done everything we've asked. They've made us a priority when we probably didn't deserve it. They've executed on our every wish, uh, but they're growing faster than we're growing as a factory and we're growing substantially you know each year so at some point i think it's logical to to um uh determine that either we're going to increase production so much that we need to have a secondary partner or uh or or two he's going to have more important projects that are growing as well that uh 
he's not going to have room for capacity for us. But when that time comes, it'll be a gentleman's handshake to say, AJ will always get the first right of refusal of Robert Holt. But I would absolutely be honored to work with some other factories. I, uh, you know, I just don't know that anybody else would take their chances with Southern Draw Robert Holt. I, I couldn't say that. I can say that AJ did it when nobody knew us, and he's done it uh, in a in a uh, with a level of integrity and morality that we didn't deserve. And I tell you what, our success has a lot to do with him and the processes and procedures that he's made sure are in place for Southern Draw. He's treated us the same as, as he's treated uh, his own brands and maybe even better in some cases. So um, right. there will be a time and point, a time and place, I'm sure, where that's going to be a necessity. I don't know when. And, of course, when it happens, uh, hopefully AJ will stand next to my side and we'll announce it to everybody. All right. Well, you guys hear, heard it here first. In fact, I think the last time that we had Robert on the show was a year ago or so, and Robert said – no, there would be never be a time when he had to. But because of growth, you yeah. know, hey, that happens. That's totally a uh, normal thing. And, man, can you imagine a four-way collaboration with uh, Steve and Skip? A and broad leaf off. And Nick? A broad leaf off, or, or, or let's draw straws. Whoever gets a short straw works with me, and the other two work with the other. And let's, let's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's, let's make it the Dojo 2021 exclusive, and let's uh, hey. let's. let's Folks, you know? I'm Good. completely down with that. We can make we can make that happen. I'm sure. Hey, uh, guys, let's get to know Robert Holt. It's time for our weekly top five, and it's also time for the greatest music background music in the history of podcasts. Our weekly top five uh, background music it's that sexy. Jeff Todd and everybody loves so much. And now I can't even. I was thinking about changing it at one point, Jordan, but now I'm now like... Now you can't. Now I can't change it because it's just become this... Let me get my Casio keyboard out and I'll it's, uh, hit play here. It's it's greater than the sum of all the parts, uh, the background music, which we love. All right, Robert, the weekly top five is, is going to be top five things that are in the news right now. And I want to get your take on these things. I'll give my take. You can give your take. Jordan can give his take on oh. these things. Let's get right to it. The number one thing that's in the news right now, Robert Holt, is the U.S. government is to resume the federal capital punishment. Uh, you know, they haven't executed anybody in 16 years. How do you feel about the U.S. government reinstituting the death penalty for folks that have been uh, deemed qualified for this? I say... Thank God it's about time. Let's execute these morons that have done horrible crimes. Jordan, what's your thoughts? Bring it on. <laughs> Robert, what's your thought about the U.S. government resuming the capital punishment? Well, I, I live in a state that uh, executes more people than I think probably all the other states combined. And, you know, listen, it comes down to this rule of law. Now, I can say that we follow the rule of law. Now, that being said, I'm not someone who's had family or friends or anybody in my community executed, and I certainly am not someone that uh, has had somebody wrongly convicted uh, that has been executed. Now, I don't know if that's ever been proven, but I know there are some doubts. So I would hope that all the appeals processes are uh, exhausted. And uh, here's the thing. Death penalty. Whether we argue that it's a deterrent or not, maybe it's not a deterrent, but it is, in fact, a consequence, and we live in a society of consequences. And uh, it may not deter others, but it is a consequence for the actions that were taken. So, you know, we follow the rule of law, um, and if we don't like that, we change the rule of law. So uh, it needs to be done. Well, it is a deterrent if it's used 
if it's done swiftly. That's the issue. I if think we're going, so, yeah. If it takes 15 years to do it, then it's not a deterrent anymore. Plus, I think... And I, I don't mean a deterrent to the to the accused or the convicted. I mean a deterrent to others. I know. Go, I agree. Billy Joe Jeff Bob did this, and he got you know he got he got he got shot full of shot full of drugs. Well, you're right. You know, when it takes a long time, we kind of it kind of loses the effect. But I don't know. The appeals process takes a long time in this country. So we got again, we got pros and cons. But I'm all about rule of law. So just here here's where here's the here's the part about deterrence and it being swift that I think people should think about is. It's sort of like this. If if you knew tomorrow that smoking a cigarette was going to instantly cause you cancer, instantly, right? You wouldn't smoke you wouldn't smoke cigarettes anymore. Um, but it doesn't. I'm just saying if you knew that. And it's the same with the death penalty. If you knew that it was going to be swift and it might be, you know, 6 months till all the appeals processes were done and you were going to be put to death, it would become a deterrent. Secondly, we know for a fact that it would be a deterrent for that criminal because the recidivism rate for a dead person is zero. You cannot commit another capital crime when you're dead. Now, there are um, probably wrongful uh, wrongful people you know, accused in there, but think about if, if this is actually working, how many less people will be wrongfully murdered. accused. <laughs> You'll have so much more resources to deal with crimes because there'll be less crimes. Anyways, that's that's my. I, I'm thinking you. I'm thinking you, Eric, were born in the wrong century. You you should have been born <laughs> in the mid 1800s. Things were quick, swift. The judge comes in on a horse. Yes. He's like, Evening, it's over. You know. Exactly. Game of Thrones, baby. I'm right there. All right, our second story for uh, Robert. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, this was reported first on CNN. Facebook and Instagram to restrict content related to alcohol, tobacco, and e-cigarettes. This obviously directly affects the cigar industry. Robert, what's your take? Well, I uh, it's a valuable tool for me. We're a small family brand, and I tell you what, we stay connected through those uh, those particular apps. We're going to use it until they put us in jail. And uh, I saw a mass exodus to that MeWe platform. I don't know anything about it, gentlemen, but I can tell you I got the app downloaded and Southern Draw's got one, so I don't know. Um, maybe it's a it's a call to action for all of us to find a better way to communicate. Uh, and if, that's, if we wait until the last minute, we're all going to be in trouble. So I would say uh, if I was the associations, this is something I would take up and really put some resources behind in the next couple of weeks because I are, I've already seen brands go to jail this last week because of a post. I saw some earlier today that refused to uh, use logos and cigars, even though they were at a shop talking about events for the weekend. They never said cigars, never had the brand. So um, I'm scared because I don't have a way to reach people other than Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So um, I'm going to use it until they tell me I can't. But it, it's quite bothersome to me. Uh, in the world of uh, First Amendment uh, speech that I can't uh, count on that. I've invested a lot in those apps, a lot of time. I don't know about you guys. There's also a, a little app that's on over 100,000 phones called Cigar Dojo. I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm it's, just saying it's, 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 one, a, of uh, it's one of the options that uh, will always be there for cigar smokers. Guys, no matter what Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or any of those guys do, the dojo will always be there for you guys. I'm just saying uh, we don't like it either because we rely on Facebook to do this show. And so that would be a bad thing. But at the same time, 
uh, you know, we're going to be in this fight uh, forever. I mean, we've been doing this for almost eight years now. And so the dojo will not quit. We'll keep fighting. In fact, little secret, we're, we're working on a, an entirely new version of the dojo that will bring some of these, some of the Facebook features into it. So uh, we're investing a ton of money. Uh, into that, and we're not quitting. So look for uh, we've been th we've been through this fight we've already. We've been through so this we, fight we already. This. So so we're ready. All right, Robert. Next one. I don't want to dwell on that one because it's it's depressing. The next one is, hey, did you know that a asteroid just zipped by Earth that was massive, and nobody even they didn't even notice it until it happened. It was big enough to destroy an entire city, and. NASA and everybody completely missed it. Robert, how do you feel about the fact that a asteroid as big as this could have destroyed a city and nobody knew it? <laughs> Brother, I'm more at my age. I'm more worried about hemorrhoids than asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> <Here>. good. <laughs> um, hey, you know, I don't know whose responsibility it is to track these giant rocks coming through space, but whoever it was needs to be fired. So I don't have a big opinion, but. You know, uh, <laughs> it's we got global warming and we got asteroids, you know, whatever it may be. Let's just do the best we can today and uh, act like it's the last day we got because we can't control a giant rock smashing in there. Even if they told us, what are we going to do? Oh, We're going right. to pair up fight, and uh, go make the best of it, I guess. Duck so and cover, baby. Every... Duck and cover. We That's can it. put a man That's on the moon 50 years ago, but we can't track an asteroid. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We've been arguing that, too. We're arguing whether we landed on the moon more than we are tracking asteroids. <laughs> All right. Um, the fourth one. This one's kind of a, an interesting one. Uh, recently, a strange radio signal emanated from a distant galaxy. Robert, do you think there is intelligent life outside of Earth? And do you think that there is intelligent life on the Earth? I mean, there's two questions there. I, uh, I, man, that's a that's a loaded question. I tell you what, I've watched enough Lawrence Fishburne, Matthew McConaughey, and Jodie Foster movies to know there's something out there, bro. <laughs> I believe them. Uh, no, absolutely not. I don't. I, uh, you know, I guess my basis of belief is really uh, is really more biblical than most things, and maybe it's because I don't have the intelligence nor the comprehension to think outside of uh, the. Uh, the planet we're on and the the intelligence that we have but you know so be it if it happens yeah i hope uh, i hope it's not like the alien movies i've seen it seems like every show i've seen whoever it is is coming here for a bad reason <laughs> or if we go out and track a signal something bad really happens so i just say let it go jordan uh, what is your thoughts are is there is there intelligent life outside someone once said i'm not saying it's aliens but, but it's aliens <laughs> no i it's but it's actually not why couldn't there be? Why couldn't there in this massive universe? There, I guess there could be. Be other. I mean, even let's let's go with with Robert here. Even on the biblical side, uh, you know, yeah, even if could, couldn't there be uh, life on another planet, Jordan? What do you think? I mean, theoretically, but I just say why? Why, why not? Because. <laughs> <laughs> this last this last bit of news in our t weekly top five is sort of similar. Hey, Robert, I don't know if you knew this. I'm sure you did. But there was this Facebook post about people storming Area 51 
Jeez, and what's with the, all the space? I know, stuff? right? That's what's in the news. And it was it was basically, they can't stop us if we all storm Area 51. And so then Bud Light got in on it. Bud Light, the, the, you know, the massive uh, brewery. And they said that Bud Light is offering free beer to any alien that makes it outside, out of Area 51, Sweet. which is pretty genius from Bud Light. But, Robert, what's your thoughts on 22 million people signed up for this task on Facebook to storm Area 51? And they said that there's no way they could stop us all. I'm saying to you, Robert, as a military guy, the U.S. military could have had no problem stopping as many of these hippies as they wanted. What do you think? Well, if they're giving away free beer, I'm joining <laughs> And if they're going to let us smoke, I got to see what their liberal smoking policies are, number one. But uh, we've stopped countries with more than 22 million people before, so I uh, don't think a little spot in the desert is going to change, you know. But uh, I think it's a great idea to have kind of like an Era 51 Woodstock kind of thing where we get together, drink some beers, and uh, blow the froth off of them, smoke some cigars if nothing else happens. They're going to warn us three times. After the second one, we might want to, you know, exit stage left. We might want to back out of there. But, uh, hey, let's give it a shot, man. I want to see what's behind the curtain. I think, you know, somebody just said on the thing that uh, Brandon Trinial said that is the dojo storming Area 51. Heck no. I think we should storm like, you know, like Casa Fuente or something. I mean, get a bunch yeah. of people together. Yeah, storm Casa F- Yeah, right. I mean, we'll 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 storm uh, Abe's uh, smoking in Boynton Beach or the JR Superstore. I mean, that would be that'd be a, a more, you know, we, we could benefit a lot more, don't you think, Jordan, if we stormed something like that? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> idea for a flash mob on certain retailers and just see if they can handle the uh, the onslaught. I think it's I think we got to put that in the planning. Yes, let's do that. All right, folks, that was your weekly top five. Uh, that was the weekly top five uh, stories that are in the news. And we got some good insight into uh, into Robert's psyche there, don't you think, Jordan? He's... Uh, He's thought about some of these issues. He's thought about some of these issues a little bit more. Psycho, huh? Yeah. Hey, Robert, uh, I got to say, uh, I'm excited about what's going on with Southern Draw. I remember the very first time I heard of Southern Draw, I think it was from Abe at Smoke In. And uh, he asked me, hey, what do you think about this brand, this uh, little brand from Texas? This is, you know, five years ago or whatever. And at the time, I remember saying, geez, Abe, I've never heard of them five years later boom here you are robert how do you see southern draws southern draw cigar in 10 years what do you what's your prognostication (laughs) oh i need grace baby i need grace hey listen you know in the last five years our family has come together financially and you know their own time and their own energy own resources and they made things happen for a little brand that shouldn't have been done we're not well healed we're committed, we're dedicated, we're diligent, but uh, we've done it with bootstraps, right? And, um, you know, I've only mentioned this once, but the next five years is going to take some real professional help. And I don't mean psychologists and psychiatrists. You know, I think we've done a lot with a little. We've probably done more with less than most people ever thought was possible. So we feel good about that. But uh, if we're going to keep growing, if we're going to keep expanding, if we're going to keep the level of energy uh this next five years is going to take some more talent. We're going to have to have, whether Jose Blanco decides he wants to come work with us or not, we're going to have <laughs> to have some people. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've said this before, but this is let me put it in, an, in this context. Tradition and culture 
is something the Godfathers, kings, and queens have brought to this industry, and it's theirs. They've already done it. We're trying to do something new and unique and still respect that. But at some point, we would love to see some of those cultures and traditions embrace us and become part of us, if that makes sense. So we think the little brand from Texas can can be something larger, and, and we're going to stick to our guns, which is everything has to have a mission. It's great to bring new cigars. It's great to be fair price. It's great to get great reviews and ratings and all these things, but we want to make sure that we can continue to grow, support our retailers, support our media, and support our family, and I, we don't ask for anything more than that. So the next five years, we're just going to have to add some real talent, add some real resources, and uh, the, the mistakes we make now are big mistakes. In the early days, the mistakes were small, and we could cover them up, sweep them under the rug, right? Nobody ever knew what happened. But now when we make a mistake, it's big dollars, it's big time, it's big delays. So we just got to get better at what we do. So next five years is about becoming more efficient and uh, uh, making sure that we're surrounding ourselves by the talent to uh, handle our logistics and our growth, which any business really needs. But we're, we're self-aware enough that, to know that in the next five years, we need to add that staff and that talent. Um, Robert, there's another question from Brian. Uh, uh, you've teased a rewards program. Can you give any insight on what that might be for supporters of Southern Draw? You know, I, I'll, I'll te- I mean, I did tease it a little bit the other day, and, and we, I guess I just got caught up talking about something else. But um, I got to tell you, Brian et al., um, this cigar industry and this 330 days a year of travel and this 110, 120-hour weeks uh, has really got to my fishing. It's really hurt my fishing, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sharon came up with an idea not long ago that I've traveled the world many times over. I've seen a lot of things. There's some things I really enjoy. There's some things I don't. But one thing I really enjoy is getting out into nature, whether it's fly fishing or fishing down on, in the Keys in the ocean. Um, and we teased around the last couple of years with a couple of shops where we had some events. And the, the reward of that was between customers and retailers we were able to take them out on a fishing charter and and share stories and get to know each other and spend some time talking about our new cigars that are coming, but doing some things on a very uh, one-to-one, you know, one-to-two basis. So um, Sharon's asked us to put two trips together in the spring of 2020 and the fall of 2020 that would incorporate retailer, consumer, and media members. And really what that means is, Having six months for the first one and six months for the second one, we're going. We're formulating a strategy that would allow us to have these excursions. Something, all expenses paid. You don't worry. All you do is walk to the airport, pick up the ticket that we have waiting on you. But we want to bring the media and the retailers and consumers together with Southern Draw to spend time away from the shop, away from the camera, uh, away from the trade show, and have an experience that we couldn't have uh, any other way. So we're uh, our. We're not going to have an ambassador program. You're not getting a coin. You're not getting a certificate. You're not getting a flag to wave. You're going to get something that's got a lot of memory, and it's going to be a lot of FaceTime. And uh, we're kind of putting the, the finishing touches. So there it is. It's the first time I've discussed it in public. But uh, we're going to have a couple of excursions that are going to be fun destinations. That Whether you fish or don't fish, that's not what it's about. It's about spending time together one-on-one for the retailers to understand what the media is doing, the, the customers to understand the, the, the where everybody sits in this cycle of premium cigars. We all have a job to do, and we all rely on each other, and we think these excursions give a chance to everybody to understand each other's role and what we do and how important it is. Well, as soon as you go on the, uh, the w- anyone that's warm to a warm location, you can count me in, Robert, because I will be there. That sounds <laughs> amazing. 
It gives me an excuse to get away, too. And exactly. I got the blessing of the Desert Rose slash Rose of Sharon. And when that happens, I say, okay, I'm working on it. So <laughs> details to come, Brother Brian. All right. Hey, guys, you guys hear, heard it here first on Smoke Night Live, episode 204. By the way, if you've been participating in this show, uh, you have a chance to win some of the stuff that's on the screen right now. Hats, shirts, cutters, cigars, uh, tumblers, ashtrays. Is there any knives in there? Decks of, no knives. Decks ah. of cards. Probation. Little, I can't send knives. Yeah. A little bit of everything all put together. Three different packs. I'm going to randomly pick three people that have been participating on this show. We want to thank everybody that's joined us, and especially Robert Holt for taking the time on a Friday night. Thank you so much, Robert. Hey, Jordan. Eric, it's been a great honor. I always like to spend time with you guys on the show. And in fact, it was August of last year since I was on with you. And I know there's a lot of personalities, a lot of folks. So I'm honored to be on here tonight. Um, look forward to you trying the new cigar, sharing them. I, you know, I like to hear from the customers when they win those prize packs. And uh, if uh, uh, if you need anything else, you let me know. I, I, I do feel bad in closing that we didn't put little green stickers on the stuff we meant for the staff. So you guys give it all away. And then we'll have to send you another package for things we meant intended for uh, it to stay in the studio there. So we'll send you something else for the for the staff since it sounds like you're giving it all away. Ah, so, uh, we'll we'll we'll, home. we'll find a good home for it. We'll hold some stuff back for us to to smoke. Don't worry about that. Oh, no, we gave it. Oh all yeah. Away. Oh yeah. Wait, what am I saying? It's, it's all gone. It's already gone. About whiskey tumblers, things that you got put to good use. All right, Robert, don't go away. Uh, I want to talk to you after the show. Hey. Dojo, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next Friday night for another fantastic episode of Smoke Night Live. As always, we've got some exciting stuff coming up because guess what? It's Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest coming up, Jordan. That's get, only like three, four weeks away. Get your cornhole practice in. You better get your cornhole practice in. We have dojo people from all over flying in for that event. It's going to be literally incredible. It, it'll be the best Rocky Mountain Cigar Maybe Fest. Maybe start practicing flipping some cups. Whatever. You just get, get just be prepared for everything. We're going to have a, uh, I, I don't even want to exp- explain what's going to be going on. We're going to have two parties, one on Thursday night, one on Friday night, and then, of course, the big Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Bouncy Castle, of course. Sat- Bouncy Castle, of course. Guys, on the dojo, uh, get your dojo app going tonight and do some uh, now playing. Let's hear what you're listening to. Let's see what you're smoking. And we'll have some fun subscribe going on. Subscribe to the podcast please, if you like guys, podcasts. If you guys like podcasts, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, all those things. And if you could rate us, that's even better. That makes the dojo grow that much more. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just on and on and on and on. It really does help. It means the world to us. I know our rating on iTunes is a perfect 5.0. So uh, we'd love to keep that going. Thank you guys very much for all of the support that you give us. Over the years, and until next week, remember, never smoke alone. Hey, my friends, hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out all the amazing features we offer at JRCigars.com. Join our JR Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar of the Month Club, and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar, the world's largest cigar store just a click away.